Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Amandaman Games podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. Now I know I skipped a week. I skipped last week. Uh, I usually take a week off sometimes when I want to get a bit more clarity or I want to get some new ideas to bring when I'm doing this show or I'm doing my other shows or my, my streams or my YouTube stuff. So I do apologize for that. And of course, if you you know don't want me to skip any week at all, please message me. Let me know. And of course, you know, if there's anything you want me to keep constant in each episode, certain topics, certain things to talk about, let me know that as well. I'm quite responsive on Instagram, everything like that. So yeah, you can always reach me at any time. Today, I want to talk about Valheim. This episode, this entire episode, at least most of the episode will be dedicated to this game. Now, Valheim is honestly the Hades of survival games. Now, a lot of people might not know what Hades is in terms of games and whatever, but Hades is a roguelike or rogue. Yeah, roguelite. Is that, I think I'm using the correct term, but a roguelike game that came out last year which won crazy amounts of awards was nominated for game of the year it won ign's game of the year i believe and it was it's basically a it takes all the elements that you see in a roguelike game where you're just repeating the same thing over and over again the idea is to get from point a to point b and you can in a sense finish the entire game in one go but with haiti the idea is that every time you die you take something back with you you improve yourself, you get upgrades, you get story beats, information about the lore, information about your surroundings that you wouldn't normally get if you finish the whole game in one go, which is kind of the developer's way of getting you to experience everything that they want you to experience in the game. And Hades kind of opened up a, a gate to a lot of people that, like myself, that were not really into roguelike games because for me, it's like, okay, these are the levels that are procedurally generated, so they don't have that same love and effort. Not that they don't, like, roguelike games don't have that love and effort put into it, but if you look at a procedurally generated level and compare it to something, let's say, in The Last of Us, you know, it's very, very different. The way they're designed and the amount of work that's put in to make sure you experience everything specifically in a specific manner in The Last of Us versus a, you know, procedurally generated level. So because of that Hades... You know, a lot of people like myself weren't really into it because we don't write, we don't like roguelikes as much. And Hades kind of allowed people like myself to get into the game, to experience the game, and actually say, "Hey, you know what? I actually do want to keep playing this because I, I want to know the story. I do want to play this because I am getting better. I am upgrading. I'm, I'm actually improving my skills and stuff like that. And each run is getting easier and better. And that's kind of what what Hades did." And all of a sudden, you have all these gamers, including myself, who love that game. I that was it was one of my favorite games of the entire year, and the, I think that's what Hades kind of has started off for a lot of gamers. It's kind of introduced a lot of us to a specific kind of genre that we would not have really gotten into. It's the same thing with stuff like battle royale and stuff like that, right? A lot of people weren't into battle royale, and they they, they started playing Fortnite, you know. And now look at what where Fortnite is, right? So this is the same thing that I'm noticing with Valheim. Now, there's been a lot of survival games. There have been games like Rust, uh, D-Day. I think, is there a game called? Yeah, this is called D-Day, right? Or Daisy. Yeah, I think it's Daisy, not D-Day. Daisy, 
War Z. I think that was something, it was something like that. But basically, there's a lot of, um, uh, I think, Rust, Subnautica. I already said Rust. Sorry, I'm like just repeating the same games again and again. But you get what I'm saying. There's a lot of survival games out there already. And there's a huge fan base of, of you know, people that love survival games. People love being just starting up with nothing on an island. You have to craft stuff. You build stuff. You build houses. You build your whole your whole uh, land and houses and whatever you have to build. And then, you know, you kind of go into doing your quest or whatever the overall objective is for that area, for that game, whatever it is, right? And it's the same thing with that. Survival games is not, I won't say it's niche because it is very popular. A lot of people do play it. But at the overall, when you look at the mainstream audience, a lot of people don't know about something like Rust, for example. A lot of people don't know about survival games and what you need to do and what the objectives is and the whole overall Minecraft kind of a kind of an aspect. I know Minecraft is a survival game technically and arguably one of the biggest games ever, but I'm talking about, you know, games like in the same vein as Valheim, basically. So, you know, that's one of the reasons that even myself, I, I wasn't able to get into it because it's like, okay, you go in, you start off with nothing cool, but there's not really a proper story that's guiding you. There's not like a lot of lore. The building and everything is very tedious. The the combat is very tedious. And because that, I'm like, okay, I could play a game, a survival game like that, or I could, you know, play uh, Destiny 2 or Call of Duty or something else. You know, I can invest that time into some other game that is more refined. And Valheim, it's not like it's miraculously different overall. The idea is still the same, but it has a very cool concept that you are, it's basically kind of following the Norse mythology and you are someone that's kind of dropped onto this land and you have to slay, I think it's five or six, uh, six big bosses, depending on the region, depending on the area, each boss is different, whatever it is. And the idea is that you do, you do slay these six bosses essentially. That's, that's all we know, that's all it is. I haven't reached the end because it does take a while. And that was kind of the whole premise of that game. And again, same thing. You start off with nothing. You build a, a pickaxe or an axe or whatever. You start cutting down wood. You build a house, stuff like that. You can play with your friends. And, you know, over time, you start gradually, gradually improving. At the same time, you have all this, all these lore stones all over the place that give you hints as to, hey, why don't you try this? Hey, you know, like this is another part of the story or this or that. And Valheim does a great job of incrementally introducing you to stuff, just introducing you, like nudging you in the right direction. Anytime you feel like you don't know what to do or you're just doing the same thing over and over again, the game finds a way to kind of funnel you in the right direction. And now this is something that I haven't noticed in other survival games. Uh, the only one that I've played uh, at least a while back was uh, was Ark. So like, again, like maybe it was me not playing correctly, but again, like, you know, the way that Valheim did it was so perfect that uh, my friend Sebi and I, who, was, who has been on the podca- a podcast, we've been streaming that game. We've been playing that game quite a bit. And it was so intuitive. We were like, okay, we got to build a house. We got to build uh, a fire thing. We got to like upgrade our weapons and this and that. Like, okay, let's go get this boss. Let's do that. Let's go to this area. Let's start uh, going, exploring the dungeons. Oh, we need to make a smelter. Like it was very intuitive and it was very easy to understand and kind of play around with. And it really made me understand why people enjoy survival games to the point that I'm like, hey, you know, there's a survival game called Raft. Why don't I, why don't I try that? Hey, what about Rust? I, I've been hearing stuff about Rust. Uh, maybe I should get back into Ark. Like Valheim kind of reopened that door for me. And obviously it's not that all these other games will be like Valheim. So if I like Valheim does not mean that I'm going to all of a sudden be, 
you know, a, all the streaming arc for the next 10 years or whatever. Like that's not going to happen, right? I'm still going to be enjoying Valheim for what it is because of the way Valheim handled it. But it has really un- made me understood why survival games, especially when you're playing with friends, why do- these survival games can actually be fun. And the combat is like, okay, the, um, the, the, the overall movement and everything like that is very basic. You know, it's not, it's like a one or two gigabyte game, like space wise, you know, it's, it's nothing spectacular, but it just does kind of like Minecraft. It just does everything so well in a sense, like it just gets you across where you need to get to in terms of your, of your mind, just playing the game and also in terms of the game itself. And it's surprising that a, an early access game like this, I kind of came out of nowhere. I just saw it on Steam and it was number one on Steam at some point. So I just bought it because of that. And I remember streaming and trying it out and I'm like, okay, yeah, this is, this is not bad. This is interesting. And I was kind of like, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'm not really into it. I'll wait for it. Then Sebi got the game and we both played it together. And then I was like, oh my God, wow. Like this is actually really, really fun. Every time I get into the game, it feels like my own story is building. And that's kind of what I realized about survival games. And the thing that a lot of people love about it is this emergent story storytelling that you don't get in other games. You don't get in single player games because everything is so set in stone. And in this case, you I you have stuff to take back. Like I'm putting putting clips on my Instagram of stuff that happens uh, in the game that just happens randomly. But it feels like it was almost part of the story, and it was great. And like I think that's why it's it's a game that I always I just want to recommend to anyone anyone that has a gaming PC or even just a PC in general because it's not a very demanding game. So I mean, actually, I should say it is actually a very demanding game, but it's still a game that should run on most PCs. So like I should I should take that back because I there's like a whole thing on YouTube and stuff about someone with an RTX 3080 unable to run the game at over like 60 FPS and stuff like that. So it is I know I know it is a little demanding that way, but you get what I'm saying. Like if you watch the game, you'll be like, okay, you know what? They'll probably refine that. They'll probably fix it over time. It's an early access and whatnot. But this is a game I I definitely want to recommend to anyone. And most of all, like if you are able to play with people, and I know that's always an, a challenge. I know, trust me, I have so many games that if I was able to play with someone or if I had someone that had a PC or, or some sort of gaming thing that they could play that specific game with me, I would be so happy. I would be playing that game all the time. And I know how hard it is to coordinate, especially nowadays, how hard it is to coordinate with people to play video games. But if you can, definitely give it a shot. If you can, message me. I'm, I'm not even joking. You email me or anything like that. Message me that you want to play Valheim with me sometimes. Anytime myself, Sebi, uh, Frank, anyone that plays on the stream quite a bit, all anytime we're playing, jump, jump on with us and you'll have a great time and you'll see how fun that game is when you're kind of working together. You're building your little empire almost and you're kind of, uh, you know, putting tasks for each other. Okay, you need to go get this. You need to make beds. You need to make chests, stuff like that. And it is surprisingly, surprisingly fun just to do the most menial, just the most tedious tasks out there. It seems like you would get bored over time. It seems like you want to, you want to put a podcast on, but instead you're just hanging out with friends, just going around and doing this. And every time you play, like I was saying, you, every time you play, you feel like you're making progress. You feel like, okay, I upgraded, I upgraded this. I upgraded that. I made a new house. I made a new camp. You know, every time you're doing something and you're inching closer towards the story and to the next boss. Uh, one thing I should always tell is in this game, when you die, what happens is that spot where you died is like, it's kind of like um, like Dark Souls, basically. Except Dark Souls, you don't lose your items, but you do lose your money, right? In this case, you lose your items and everything. But it's in it's basically on top of the tombstone where you died. So obviously, if you die in, like, in the middle of the ocean, it's going to be a little tough. But 
uh, if you die like on like some uh, uh, fighting some boss or fighting something you can basically go back and get all your items back so that's another thing i appreciate about this because i remember certain survival games there was this aspect that once you die you lose everything and because of that you were always worried you were always worried about okay what do i need to do to make sure i don't lose all this progress right no one wants to lose progress in a game and i think that's another thing that valheim does great and I, like obviously i apologize if i'm getting it wrong and if other games do this too like let me know but valheim was like the game where i realized i'm like okay this is exactly like hades every time i go in and play a a, a, a round in, in hades or a, a run in hades every time i die i don't feel like i lost anything i feel like okay that's fine. I I got this. I got this money. I got this or whatever. I can go back, upgrade certain things, and next time I'll be stronger. Next time I'll have this. You know, and it's always kind of pushing you in that direction of like, okay, don't worry. Next time when you go in, you'll have this, so you'll be better. And that's what I feel with, with Valheim. You lose stuff, right? You'll drop stuff, but in your houses and stuff, you have all the storage. You store everything and, and whatever. So you're like, okay, I'm gonna go back get my stuff, which is is it's not too hard. You get your stuff, and then okay, I'm gonna upgrade this. I'm gonna upgrade that, and then go back. And so far, at least, Sebi and I haven't had that much of a trouble with the bosses. Obviously, like, we've only fought with the one boss, and we fought that boss twice. Like, they, you have different levels of that boss that you can fight to kind of farm their um, their resources. But, like, in our case, so far, we, we haven't had that much of an issue. Of course, we went to, like, another area, and, like, the most regular-looking uh, enemies destroyed us, like, in, like, a couple of seconds. So I know it's going to get more challenging, but that's the thing. I'm excited to go back in. I'm excited to kind of jump back in and try this game out and see what else is in there. You know, what the world has there for us to explore. The world is huge. It looks amazing. Like, it's such a vast looking space and like stuff you can do and everything like that like every like i said like when you look at the overall map you're like oh my god this is huge i've only gone to like like 0.01 percent of it so far and there's so much more to explore and everything is just so different and i can't wait to see what this game looks like in a year because it is an early access right so literally i, I don't know if if you're into this game if you're into stuff like this and i should also say you can play this game solo like you don't need to play with it, play this with friends and it's not like playing this game with friends makes the game easier in any way. It scales based on your levels or the amount of, uh, not levels, I should say, uh, based on like the amount of people that are playing in a party. So if you want to play this game solo, go ahead. You'll have a great time, I'm 100% sure. Like definitely give it a shot. This is like one of my first recommendations of this year, other than Hitman 3, of course. And like we'll see what other games are coming out this year. But that's like the one thing I want to talk about today because Valheim has been on my mind recently. And I really want to talk about that. So from there, we can move on to basically the other games that I have been playing recently. So other than Valheim, I kind of jump back into Destiny 2. I really do enjoy Destiny 2. I realized that like I always convince myself that ah, Destiny 2 is okay, whatever. We can move on from it. We can play something else. And then I come back to it every time. So Destiny 2 has always kind of been sticking around for me. I haven't done the new season. And from what I've been reading, it's supposed to be really fun. It's supposed to be really good. So I'm going to definitely check that out. I'm really excited to try that. Um, other than that, of course, I've been playing Call of Duty Warzone. I played that recently with Frank on, on stream, and I played it on my own on stream as well. And I'm, I'm slowly getting why people prefer Warzone over Apex or Fortnite, right? Because uh, like more and more I've been reading, and I've been just seeing that people, there's a, there's a huge group of people that just are fully in love with Warzone to the point that they don't even want to play the regular Call of Duty anymore, Right. And like, I always wonder, I'm like, okay, but like, it's just, it's just Battle Royale at the end of the day. It's just same thing, right? And it, at the end of the day, it is. I'm not, it's not like it's completely different. There are obviously certain aspects of it that, that are a little different, but I think it is just the Call of Duty aspect of it. The 
the very quick movement, the like aims and everything, like the the gameplay that's behind the Call of Duty franchise that has obviously championed that game to the point where it's one of the biggest games ever, right? Is I think is that kind of going behind all of that battle royale aspect, which makes it more enticing for people, makes it more interesting and fun for people. And as I was playing, I realized I'm like, okay, yeah, that's true. It it does feel like I'm basically playing Black Ops Cold War or something like that, like the multiplayer. But you know, just in this battle royale setting, and it it just feels good because Fortnite, like in my opinion, like the aiming and everything isn't exactly fun, right? It's not like I'm sure you know, if you're on a PC, everything like that is good. But like the gameplay aspect of it never really interested me. Um, Apex Legend, I I I do like the gameplay of it, but I again, like I never really jumped into it too much. But like that that again follows the Titanfall two kind of gameplay thing gameplay loop so it does feel pretty good and on the other end PUBG PUBG I remember like the gameplay was horrible like the shooting and everything just like wow like I, I played on Xbox so I should say that so I'm sure maybe on PC it was always way better but it was yeah it was just not good I just did not enjoy it so you know I think I can see why a lot of people are really into Warzone and I'm slowly getting to Warzone which I really really like so I'm gonna keep playing that I'm gonna keep trying that here and there and who knows maybe I might you know become pretty good at it i doubt that but still <laughs> the other game i was i kind of mentioned it was black ops cold war the multiplayer so i was playing that a little bit i i, I just love j- jumping into multiplayer for a bit doing like team deathmatch or domination or control it's just call of duty at its best right so i think like i i like having a call of duty game like that with the multiplayer just something fun to get jump into play for a while play for 10 15 20 minutes have a good time and kind of jumping off so I'm, i think that i think for me from now on i'm always gonna have a call of duty game just to kind of be able to to jump in uh the one game that i wanted to talk about uh i think it just came out last week and, and not not many people are talking about it even though it is selling quite quite well is super mario 3d world and it is basically the re-release of the wii u super mario 3d world game on the nintendo switch so me and Silvana, me and Tafsilv, we have been playing this game quite a bit we really love it it's, you can play this game multiplayer and it's just yeah i mean we play sackboy and i told you how much i loved sackboy so this is just that i mean sackboy basically in a sense let's be honest copied super mario 3d world right in a way no i, I, sh- I shouldn't say copyright that it had its own ideas and everything but overall yeah it, it was very similar and super mario 3d world is just just amazing it's just so good from the music to to just the gameplay the level design like so many levels are levels are just always different right like that that's one thing with sackboy that it did have different levels but at some point you do see a lot of repetition where super 3d world so far everything has been very very unique which really surprised me so i'm i'm really liking super 3d world we're like not even close to finishing it but i i'm pretty sure uh, i'm pretty sure sapsil and i won't be able to stop playing this game because we really love this game uh the one other game that I re- I got into recently, uh, mainly because it has a free trial out, which I should rec- I do want to recommend to everyone is Final Fantasy XIV, the online the MMORPG. So there's a new expansion coming out this year, and the other expansions for this game. So there's like already like three or four expansions. So there were so the expansions were getting so much positive reception from reviewers, from people everywhere. Just every time I would look, I'm like, okay, what what is such a big deal about Final Fantasy XIV? And I remember like trying it out on PlayStation a while back when it, I think PlayStation had a free trial thing as well. And I was like, okay, like I get it. It's interesting, but I just couldn't get into it. So I said, you know what? I have, I have a good excuse to play it now. I, I can say that, okay, I'm going to stream this game, right? That I, I was going to talk about that, that me streaming games has allowed me to experience so many games that I would normally not play. And because of that, I'm like, you know what? Okay, let's jump in. Let's jump in for a bit. 
let's play Final Fantasy XIV. And there's a free trial on PC where, where you get to play as much as you want of the base game and the first expansion, which is called Heaven's Word. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, Heaven's Word. And basically, like you jump in, you are given like tasks and stuff like that. And I, I, I do want to say that if you are new to MMOs in general, or you're new to MMOs like more recently, kind of like myself, I have tried World of Warcraft, but other than that, I don't have a lot of experience with MMOs. It does get a little daunting. It, they do throw a lot of stuff at you. But trust me when I say that, and you can kind of see this, like the the first stream that I did of this game, me starting from the beginning, I was like, okay, there's too much talking. Okay, there's just well, like, why can't I just play? Like, just let me, let me just get into the gameplay. I get into the gameplay, I'm like, okay, this feels like, I don't know, it just feels repetitive. It doesn't feel like as amazing as I thought it would. That was like my first stream. Second stream was literally today. And I played it and like, first of all, after the first stream, when I thought I was done with the game, I, I it was some, something was calling calling to me. I just, I was like, why am I still wanting to play this game? I don't get it. I literally don't understand. And next thing you know, today I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna stream it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stream it again. Let's do it. And I stream it and I'm like playing it and like the story gets more interesting. Uh, because I think I was in the tutorial area initially. I think that's also one of the reasons I probably wasn't enjoying it as much. But over time, the story gets more interesting. You get more moves. You get more, you get, you level up. You you get like more gear, stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, wow. Okay, I am kind of seeing this. I'm kind of seeing why this game is fun. Why this game kind of like gets people to come back. And it keeps getting people to come back and level up a little bit more. Do a few jobs. Do a few side missions. So far, I'm just doing the main stuff. But there's so much side stuff and this is just a free trial like if you're even remotely interested in this game there's a free trial out there that you can play the base game the entire base game not like they're gonna like uh, limit you or anything like that you can play the entire base game and you can play the whole first expansion so that from what i read online i could be completely wrong from what i read online is like between like 40 50 hours I know they also uh always a constant person like always jumps in on the streams really great to have he also kind of talked about how it took him 30 hours to reach level 30. And that was still in the base game. It's not even the next expansion, I believe. And of course, today, let me know uh, if you're if you're listening to this and if I'm correct or not. But, you know, there's so much to that game and they're giving it to you for free. And you don't have to pay a monthly subscription. You don't have to pay anything right now. Obviously, you do have to pay it if you do want to, you know, get to the next expansions. But like, I'm getting to a point where I'm enjoying this game so much that I'm like, okay, if I do get to Heaven's Word, I finish all of that. And even if there's an inkling of me that really wants to get back in, I'll pay that $20, $30, whatever it is monthly. I'll pay for the expansion because I'm really, I, like, it's like two genres that I never, ever, ever thought I would be really into. And that's survival games and then there's MMORPGs. And both of them have, like, it's just this week has been an eye-opening week for me, <laughs> in all honesty. Like, I've, I've been, I've, I, I don't think... Is because of me playing other games or, uh, you know, just over time taste changing. I don't think it's that. My tastes are exactly the same. It's because of the games that have come out now. And it's because of the way these games are allowing themselves to kind of take a more modern approach, allowing themselves to be more mainstream and get more people in, right? Like if I want to get into other scrolls online and play that, like I don't want to pay a monthly thing. I don't know if there's a free trial and there might be. And like, I'll definitely research into that. But like, I don't want to, I, I can't think of anything else that literally says, hey, this entire base game, like the full game, not like you could get two weeks to play the game or you get three weeks to do a free trial, like nothing like that. Like the base game is completely free. And then the expansion is when you pay. So if you want, go and play the base game, 
for free, have all the fun you want. And like, see, if you enjoy it, perfect. And that's kind of shows you the confidence. That shows you the confidence in Final Fantasy XIV that Square Enix has, that they're saying that, yeah, try it. If you don't like it, don't come back, no problem. If you like it, we're here. You can like pay us the money. And for me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm slowly getting into this game. Like, why is this happening? How is this happening? And like, I also thank you to everyone that joined the stream today. You know who you are. A lot of people jo joined in and really, really helped me out and let me know how to play the game, what to expect, because I was really confused. I'm going to let you, I'm going to be completely honest. I was very, very confused. So it really means a lot. Thank you so much. And honestly, like I'm just having such a great time with Final Fantasy 14. I have a few other games that I do want to stream and I do want to play. But right now, in terms of streaming, the game that keeps coming back is Final Fantasy 14. And like, it's like, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how this happened, but I, I just want to see that story through. I just want to keep playing that game every now and then, just chipping away, leveling up, getting more gear, getting better, getting stuff in. And, you know, I think oh, it's going to be it's going to be really great because I do want to get to the expansion. I just heard such amazing things about it that I do want to get to the expansion. And of course, like I said, like everyone that was joining on the stream today, a lot of them let me know that, yeah, no, this is, this is fun. This is actually really, really good. It's going to get a lot better over time. Uh, the story will keep getting better. So for that reason, I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I owe it to them to give it a shot and at least play it until the end of Heaven's Word, which is, again, part of the free trial, which should be great. So we have, I don't have anything else to cover today. I do want to quickly talk about the Nintendo um, Direct that happened today. Uh, so it, obviously, just the last five minutes, we'll just quickly talk about that. Uh, it, I mean, it was nothing spe uh, special. It just happened a few hours ago. Uh, they announced Splatoon 3, which is great for anyone that, you know, wants to play Splatoon. Like, I, Splatoon 2 was fun for me, but, like, I didn't really enjoy it as much. I know there's a huge fan base for that game. Uh, they announced Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword HD, which looks good. Uh, I mean, I just want all the Le Zelda games available, like, because I really like Breath of the Wild. I really enjoyed A Link's Awakening. Like, just give me all the games. Like, I'll buy the games, you know? Like, I just, I don't like how, how... Nintendo kind of like, you know, throws you these very expensive breadcrumbs when it comes to these their games. They know that we love Mario. They know that we love Zelda, but it's like, no, 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 here, here's a breadcrumb, but you're going to pay like a lot of money for it. And it's like, okay, like, dude, come on. Like at this point, just give me all the breadcrumbs. Fine. Like it's going to be expensive, but I'll pay in the end because I do want to actually play the Zelda games. Breath of the Wild really, really opened that game up for me. And I really want to play that game. But it's just so hard. It's just like so hard to kind of get a hold of everything without having to buy another system or something like that. You know, I just, I have a Switch. I just want all these games to be available there. Other than that, there was like nothing like amazing on, on the Nintendo Direct, which is surprising. I was honestly expecting something, at least just, just something. Uh, I know there was like a Star Wars free-to-play game, which I'm assuming will be on everything. There was a... Um, a, a rocket arena type of a game. I don't know. I shouldn't call it rocket arena because that's not doing it enough justice, but it looked like a cool free-to-play game. Again, like a bunch of like free-to-play games coming from like EA and, and Zynga and stuff like that. And they all look interesting, but it's like, okay, uh, like I'm sure these games are coming out on PC or other things, other platforms as well. And, you know, we just saw like a little taste, but for Nintendo, I want to see more Nintendo stuff. Where's Breath of the Wild 2, which they did kind of talk about. And they said that we'll have more information later this year, which basically means, and I, I don't know if I made this prediction or if Sebi made this prediction, but basically that means that Breath of the Wild 2 is not coming out this year. I think at this point, we, we need to get that out there. You know, like Breath of the Wild 2 is, I'm, I'm sorry, I really want it to be true. I really wanted that game to come out this year. But the fact that they still haven't announced anything about it and they're saying that we're going to have more information on it later this year, I don't think so. I, I don't think they will 
announce Breath of the Wild 2 and then release it two to three months later. That, Nintendo just doesn't do that. I just, I just don't see them doing it. Maybe they do. I could be wrong, but I just don't see that, see that happening. But other than that, they were just, I don't know. There just wasn't anything amazing. You know, I was, like, I, I guess I was just expecting because this was like the first Nintendo Direct in a while. So I was just expecting something good, something awesome. Uh, but you know, like I was just left disappointed. And it just kind of reminds me that because of last year, because of the pandemic, there's so much stuff that's put put on halt. So much stuff that, you know, has been sidelined that all these games, all these things that we were wanting last year and this year will honestly probably won't come out until 2022 or 2023, which is obviously frustrating, right? It's frustrating. Like I said, it's never frustrating to a point that you should say horrible things to, to developers, which is just such a horrible thing to do to begin with. Like, come on, like there's so many other games. But at the same time, it's frustrating in terms of like, okay, you literally, you know, there's another whole life of you going through in in most cases, in my case, especially uh, going through like lockdown, this pandemic and all the weird stresses and stuff like that. And then it's like, oh, by the way, this game that you were excited for, this kind of stress reliever, reliever that you were looking forward to or something you were excited for, that's also being delayed. And of course, like, like I get frustrations and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's completely okay to be frustrated with that. So it's, it, it is disappointing. It, it's kind of just making me realize, I, like, I know games like Ratchet and Clank are coming out. I know Hitman 3 was great. I'm hoping that Horizon Forbidden West does come out this year and maybe God of War as well. But I'm also being honest with myself. I'm like, no, no, you know what? All those exciting games, all those games that I really wanted to come this year, most likely they will come out in 2022. It, it just won't, I just don't see it happening, you know? And like, we can put all the stuff aside as to how companies handle handle the pandemic in terms of workload and how companies are releasing games versus companies that are struggling to release a game. Like obviously we can go back and forth and that can be a topic for another time. But in general, right, for us as well, who are also going through the pandemic, it's also like, man, I, we got to wait for a whole another year. We got to wait for like this much time again, you know, for the next game. And like I said, it's not like there's not a lot of games out there either way. But, you know, like I would love to have God of War this year. God of War is my favorite game of all time. Like, oh my God, my, my year will be made if God of War comes out this year. But like, you know what? That's like a very long, that's a very long way away. Either way, we don't even know if Sony has any plans for it or if Sony does any conference type of a thing or a deal soon, hopefully they do and announce some more games. We don't know, right? It, it might still be on the docket, but I'm just trying to be as realistic I, as I can. Just seeing and knowing everything that's happening around us is just like, okay, you know what? We have Wildheim, we have Final Fantasy XIV, we have Destiny, we've got Call of Duty. We have, we have all these games to take us through so we should be fine overall. But it is okay to be frustrated. I just want to put that out because don't say, it's never okay to say anything horrible to anyone, but it is completely okay to be frustrated that something is not going your way. So I just want to say that. So thank you so much everyone for joining. It really means a lot. Please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. My social media links, everything will be in the description. So you can email me, message me, anything like that. I will be streaming more this week, probably Final Fantasy fourteen at twitch.tv slash amandaman. So please check that out. And of course, if there's games that you want me to check out or topics you want me to cover or games you want me to play, like, yeah, let me know, message me. I'm always open to any ideas. Thank you so much, everyone. And see you next time. Bye.